I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt like God was nudging me to view this hole in my life. And this really can apply to any hole in our life. Elisa, can you view this hole in your life as a, an opportunity to fast from that thing that used to be in your life in such a way that you can experience your longing for me? You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, He sees you, and He loves you because you are His. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Eddy. When life is hard or uncomfortable, a lot of us find support and encouragement from our pets. Whether that's a dog, a cat, a gerbil, or whatever animal it may be, we find unconditional love from our pets. But what do we do when we lose that pet? How do we handle the grief and letting go? Erin and I wanted to touch on the topic of losing a pet because pets are an important part of this life, and losing them is harder than we'd sometimes like to admit. This episode was recorded a week after I lost my precious dog, Coach. Let's talk more about this on this episode of God Hears Her. Oh, so my love, uh, my little heart is breaking right now. It it really is. um, It's just been not even a week that Evan and I needed to help our dog, Coach, Mm -hmm. leave this world and... um, you know, it's been complicated. I know you've been through this too, and but it's been complicated because he didn't really have a physical ailment that we could see, but he had what seemed to be a mental one. Mm-hmm. He was super freaked out and stressed out and behaving inappropriately. And um, oh my gosh, losing a dog just is no fun. No, it's not. And I've been there. I was there, it was 2019. I lost, it was right before, yeah, it was right before the shutdown of the world. I lost my sweet little girl, Bernice. I had had her for six and a half years. She was a French bulldog. And she was just a part of so much of my story and my journey and healing and just being present with me. And there was so much attached to her. And she she died of what I think was a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, the medical bills, you know, were stacking up of what I was spending to try to figure out what was going wrong with her health wise. And I had to put her down and that was mm-hmm. really hard. I hired a company that, that part was sweet. I guess that was this sweetness and the, and the sadness was a company came and came to my house mm-hmm. and she was able to pass away in my home mm-hmm. and they were able to you know, still comfort me in some way of saying like, oh no, like this is the right decision. Mm-hmm. But I still struggled with wondering when you put a pet down, is this the right decision? Oh, no is There's something else I could have done differently. You start thinking through all of that stuff. Yeah. And you know, as we talk about our, we have dogs, um, but in other seasons of my life, I had cats people have goldfish and birds and lizards and all kinds of things as pets and in different cultures. Um, Having a dog as a pet is not something you do. Maybe there's a horse, you know, there's goats, there's you name it. 
One thing that a, a vet helped me with, see if this makes sense to you, was when your pet can't do two of the three things that are their favorite things, mm. then listen to that. I've had three dogs in my adult life, uh, Darla and then Wilson and then Coach. And I had Darla with Wilson and Wilson with Darla and then Wilson with Coach and Coach with Wilson. And then I have Coach with nobody else recently. But the three things were, you know, for me, I identified loving to go for a walk, loving their toys, and eating. And that helped me to understand, like, for instance, Wilson was a big old kind of Roddy Shepherd mix. And he stopped being able to go for a walk. And he still liked his toys, but he couldn't remember where he put them. He couldn't get upstairs to go to sleep at night with us no. without us helping him, pushing his back end up while he did his front end. You know, and Darla went blind and had diabetes, and then she couldn't enjoy anything really you know so that was kind of a helpful clue because I know what you're saying yeah. you, you really wonder and doubt yourself is this a loving thing to help my dog yeah and thinking about the two of the three favorites if they can't do those anymore mm. that was a good indicator for me that is really I've never heard that before and that's helpful because for me you see this little creature that can't speak but can experience nurturing you when you mm -hmm. feel uneasy and then you nurture it because you can tell it feels uneasy. So it's this like little child kind of of your, I mean, to some it is your, to me, Bernice was my little child because I don't have children. So mm -hmm. she was my little baby. And so in some ways it's like, am I making the right call in taking care of this little thing that for me, when I had to put Bernice down, I had a few people tell me it's the most merciful thing I can do mm -hmm. because she's so loyal that she would just keep trying to stay alive even if she's like because for her she had, was having major grandma seizures and she I mean I can get into it but it was a lot and it came sudden too so there was no like a slow decline it was a, a sudden thing and then it was a lot of a sudden thing mm -hmm. um but anyways all to say it's it's hard to know when. I mean, we put an animal down and then other times an animal dies in our home or... Mm -hmm. Or they're maybe hit in traffic mm -hmm. or, you know, they can run away. Yeah. You know, you hit on something that also has really helped me. I think my, it's my brother who shared this with me. He's had dogs all his adult life and he helped me be courageous enough to, to start being a dog parent. But he said, we need to view ourselves as you know, we're just their caretakers. We are their um, mm. providers. And, you know, you just, they're kind of like a child in some ways. You know, they are utterly dependent upon us mm -hmm. to feed them, to care for them, to take them outside when they need to, to exercise them, to, you know, to, to listen to them. And he helped me to see that the last way we care for them is to listen when they're ready to go. Mm. Um, you know, like you said, they don't have little voices. And, it's it's interesting to me, and I love what you just said too about Bernice, that she would just keep going. She would power through. Mm -hmm. um, that's how Wilson was. I mean, he would try to get himself upstairs, and it was so funny. Evan and I would get behind him. It wasn't funny, but it was. And I, I, would, I would take his little front paws, they were big, front paws and put him on a step, and then Evan would push up his, his oh, back self. Oh, buddy. You know? And all the time he'd be going, <laughs> <laughs> 
Francine was just embarrassed and didn't want to go through this, mm. but he wouldn't stay downstairs. And if we didn't help him, we were really afraid he was going to do a big somersault down the stairs and mm. really hurt himself. And, you know, that was part two of uh, another part of my understanding you know, he was going to keep going until he fell down the stairs mm-hmm. if I didn't listen to him, if we didn't help him. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oof. Hard. Hard. What is it about pets that worm their way into our hearts? And, and is there mm-hmm. something kind of holy mm-hmm. about them? Do they connect us in some way mm-hmm. to our God, to their creator, the one who created all of us? Mm. That's a really beautiful question and a statement. I think that they do. I think Bernice was, she was attached to so much of my development in my 20s and into my 30s and She saw my crying. She saw me processing. She saw me praying. She saw me. I mean, this little creature that God created and designed watched me go through so much. That's really interesting, Erina. Tell me what that looked like. How you witnessed her responding Mm. to all of those moments. Well, French bulldogs. So she was a French bulldog and I currently have a French bulldog sitting with me right now. She might be snoring. I don't know. I asked everybody if you can hear her snoring. (laughs) Um, (laughs) French bulldogs are known as companion breeds. So they are your buddy. And they're also known as clown dogs, which Mm. means they want to perform and entertain and like they throw their toys up in the air and they – but they're a bully breed, so they also can hold their own and be like, don't mess with me. So they're like <laughs> the cutest little, cutest little pint-sized dog. But Bernice was a companion dog for me. So she went everywhere with me. When I moved, when I was a nomad for a little while, and I was just like plopping on people's sofas in a season. She was uh, there when I was making big decisions for my business at my mm-hmm. office. She interacted with my whole staff. Mm-hmm. Um, she met all of our interns. I mean, she was the buddy, everybody's buddy, and everybody loved her. So she was not only just this dog, but she would just like relieve any sort of tension in the air mm-hmm. because she was just – so precious and playful. How fun. How I fun. know. Yeah. So yeah. so some in some ways, you know, Bernice, the way it looked for me was just like I mean, yeah, she was just she was she went everywhere. She went everywhere with me. Mm-hmm. And when she would see you be upset, for example, oh yeah, cry, um, she would come. It, it would like trigger something. She would. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. I had a I led a women's Bible study and I had about had about ten women in my house every every Tuesday night, and she could sense in the room. This is so wild to me. Hmm. She could sense in the room the woman that walked in that was carrying the heaviest emotions wow. before wow. we even knew it. Mm-hmm. And she would sit with her. And there was one time, oh. I know, I know, <laughs> it was so precious. And there was this one time where one of my friends was sharing what she was going through. And you could tell she was just during Bible study or during when we were just asking who needs prayer for certain things. And my friend was sharing some stuff she was going through in a relationship. And she seemed not very uh, non-emotional, you know, just kind of speaking what it is. Bernice was sitting beside her feet as she was sharing what was going on. 
uh, in her life, uh, my friend starts crying and Bernice jumps in the chair and sits right beside her and like Mm. cuddles her, Mm -hmm. comforts her and uh, licks her hand and is just like caring for her. And the whole room, we were all like, Oh my gosh, that's wow. so sweet. But There's she the would Holy do that. Spirit right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Comforting us with a comfort we've received. Oh, that's amazing. So she would do that. She would she, mm. and I think that that's I think that there's something divine mm. to that. Mm. That's precious. You know, you're making a great point that that we get attached to our pets, whatever they are, as they help us through seasons mm. in our lives. I remember I had Darla. She was actually my son's dog. What kind of dog was she again? She was a purebred Rottweiler. Oh, wow. And uh, my adult son was just had other things going on in his life. And so various times she'd come and stay with us. And I loved her so much. She was precious. And when when he, she went back to him, I felt such a, a loss that I wanted to get my own big dog. So I adopted Wilson. And Wilson was with us for, gosh, I think... I think he died at about age 13 and we got him when he was three. So that's a long time. And Darla came back also during that time. So I had both of them. But my my grandson was incredibly attached to Wilson. Aww. I had a picture of Marcus laying on Wilson's kind of tummy the way you do. Um, they were about the same size when we got Wilson. And then when Marcus was about 16 and Wilson passed, Marcus was un done Mm -hmm. okay by this time Darla was gone and we had coach as our second dog coach took a very respectful back seat to Wilson he knew Wilson was our favorite if you will because he was there first Wilson was bigger Wilson was very well adapted and Wilson held the first place in Marcus's heart and so Mm -hmm. coach was very respectful And when Wilson died, um, we had an in-home vet come too, and she actually asked us to bring Coach down to say goodbye to Wilson. She said, otherwise he's going to be confused and wondered what happened. So we did that. Coach came down and sniffed Wilson. We all were crying. Marcus wasn't there. And then, of course, she took Wilson's body away, and we were just grieving. We called Marcus, and he came over, and he sat in the chair where he always hung out with Wilson. And Coach, who was smaller than Wilson, immediately jumped in Marcus's lap. Oh! And from that moment on, he had first place in Marcus's heart. When we come back, Aaron and I will talk more about the grieving process after losing a pet. Now, God answers prayers that may seem small, but actually mean the world to us when they're answered. That's coming up next on God Hears Her. God Loves Her is the newest book in our God Hears Her series. You know, we all just want to be reminded that we're loved. And in this devotional, women writers share personal stories about God's love that is unconditional. Not only can you receive love from him, but you'll want to share it with others. God Loves Her is perfect to take on the go or to curl up with in your favorite spot at home. Get one for yourself and another to share with a friend who could use a special reminder of God's love. Go to godlovesher.org to order. That's godlovesher.org. 
I have a, a dear friend, her name is Dorothy, and she lost her dog just a few weeks ago, and she wrote a blog about it. I just want to read a couple of phrases from it because... Mm -hmm. I love the metamorphosis mm -hmm. that God created in her heart through this dog. <laughs> she said, I never thought I was a dog person. Dogs are needy. Dogs require too much of us. I didn't want this dog, I would remind my husband whenever Leo, her dog, misbehaved or got sick. <laughs> I now know what I really meant was I don't want to fully give my heart to this animal because most likely he's going to die before me mm -hmm. and the loss will plunge me into grief just as it did when I lost pets as a child. And she, she just mm -hmm. was so gracious to herself. She said, when we prioritize pain avoidance, we pay a price. It shrinks our world. Mm -hmm. It diminishes us. It inhibits our ability to fully love. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that, you know, now in the aftermath of Darla, Wilson, and Coach, they're all gone. And I don't know, Erin, it's not been very long, but I have to confess, I've been just like scrolling 24-7 through Pet Finder looking for a dog. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't want to have this gap in my being. I'm actually, this is embarrassing, I am sleeping with Coach's toy lamb chops. I watched them. But, but anyway, I, I watched, watched it, but, but I'm sleeping with it because I don't want to feel this void. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go back into these places in life where I am alone. Mm. I want Coach back with me. Mm. I resonate with that so much. Oh, I It's vulnerable to love something that you know you'll see pass away, probably. Mm -hmm. When Bernice died, I said I would never get another French Bulldog. I was like, that was the last French Bulldog. I, that was the first French Bulldog and the last French Bulldog. <laughs> and then I also said I probably would never get a dog again. I was like, I just don't think I could. <laughs> I remember you saying that. And I was that? like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> I was like, and here's the thing. Like, I, I grew up with a household of tons of animals. I mean... We had wolves, but we had to tell people they were German shepherds. <laughs> we had macaws. We bred Great Danes. Good we night. had Jack Russells. We didn't breed them wow. together, but we also bred Jack Thank Russells. <laughs> uh, I had cats. I mean, I had – so I saw a lot of death of animals in my upbringing. And then I went through a time where when I was married, we didn't have – I didn't have a pet for eight years. And then I got Bernice. And then when she passed, I was like, there. I get it. I get it. I will never get another animal. I don't think I could go through that yeah. again. And, yeah. and then eight months, I'm on Pet Finder. And <laughs> I'm on Humane Society. And I'm mm -hmm. looking up adoption centers and fostering. Mm -hmm. And I, I even went to the point where I was like, you know what? I don't think I could get a dog buy a dog. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could adopt, but I could foster. And the reason mm. I wanted to foster wasn't for the right reasons of fostering a dog. To me, it was like, <laughs> let me temporarily fill the void and then send the dog off to another family that can experience the heartbreak when it passes away. Like that's truly like how I wow. felt and how I bro yeah. processed yeah. it. And, but then I kept pursuing every avenue of maybe adopting and then somebody else beat me to the application. Fostering, mm -hmm. somebody mm -hmm. beat me to the application. Yep. I've already lost two this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you know what was so interesting mm. in that time before, before I decided to seek for another pet? I was so, I was so lonely. 
and there was a void in me that I was trying to fill. And in that time, I asked the Lord to hold my grief. I developed during this time of not having an animal and I was living by myself and it was during mm. it was covid. It too. was during covid where everything yeah. was locked down. It was yeah. I was very lonely. I learned how the Lord can hold even a grief of a pet that's and good. that it's not that's not too small for him to hold and it's not that's too good. minuscule. He wants to hold that grief and and he he want, he held me in it and then when I was ready I was experimenting with pet finder and fostering and I would actually pray and say, Lord, would you send me an animal? And like at the time, like my, it's expensive to get an animal and it's Mm -hmm. even if you were to adopt and then the vet bills are expensive and then the new food and new beds and new collars and new bowls and all of that stuff. And my finances weren't in a place where I could just splurge for that. So I was like, well, I can't get any of, I can't do any of that. So when you're ready for me to have an animal, I know that you'll bring one. I actually prayed that prayer, which is may sound silly mm-hmm. to some listening, but I prayed that prayer. And you know, Elisa, it's so funny because I get a direct message on Instagram from a woman mm. and she has a French bulldog. And she says, hey, I see that you had a French bulldog. I'm having to rehome mine for and she was just expressing she's got two little boys she's going through postpartum her french bulldog was her baby she felt like it was not a priority anymore and it wasn't mm. living a, a, yeah. a happy home and and so she said would you be interested in having her now i'm thinking i'm being catfished and they're gonna steal me in a parking lot when i pick up little judy <laughs> that's her name and uh i'm like what yeah. This this random situation ha- just shows up after I've been shut down from all animals of mm. fostering and adopting. And, and I'm like, well, what's the catch? She sends me the medical records. She sends me everything. She's six years old. I was like, I don't think I could handle having an A older baby. French yeah. bulldog. Or like, old Yeah, an yeah, old one. Right. I'm like, she's six yeah. years old. Oh, my goodness. I said to her, you know, I'm. I was so... Uh, fearful to even mm. grow attached to this animal. I said, let me have her for a week and let's just see if we bond. And within three days, we bonded. And <laughs> I, I remember. I, remember. I met her on FaceTime and she's so adorable. And it is a bond. And, you know, you just hit on another way people lose pets is having to rehome a beloved pet because your life circumstance mm-hmm. has changed. And, right. and how respectful... And powerful that decision is, you know, for the dog. And then to go so far as to reach out to a total stranger on Instagram. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, and you know, it's so interesting because it's like the Lord provided me a companion that I, and what's so sweet is like I desired to go on trails and hike and I was looking at dogs that were built for that. But Mm -hmm. my French bulldog that I acquired from this family She's built to go on trails and has so much energy and she's so mm-hmm. youthful. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was so sweet because the Lord blessed this woman that gifted me my dog. I guess permission for her to mm-hmm. release her dog and to not feel mm-hmm. shame and yeah. to rehome, yeah. like you said. Yeah. And then he yeah. gifted me a companion that I deeply desired. And and I, I and, and she came with a bed. She came with vet records that 
all of her updated shots. She came with a leash. She came with bowls. She came with all of those things that I was like praying for (laughs) that I was like, I can't. The Lord just like, I think that's what he wants to do in our lives is, is bless us. But that developed a deeper intimacy with the Lord, even in that, that he provided, that he actually heard those prayers, you know, and he, he, he cared for my heart that was lonely and wanted a companion and knew I needed yeah. some something yeah. like Judy uh, yeah. to be my buddy during a lockdown, <laughs> you know? You know, we're somehow trained to see God in circumstances around us. You know, if we have eyes to see, we can see him working mm-hmm. in our world. We definitely know he works in our relationships with people. We know that he works in our jobs, our professions, our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And and I think the highlight that you're bringing up here and spotlighting, Erin, is that he works through animals too. It, it, to yeah. remember they are his creatures. He created them. And he did initially mm-hmm. encourage us to care for the creatures. You know, that's our job as, as humans is to care for them. Mm-hmm. And what a beautiful assignment that is. I also love how respectful you are expressing of God's timing in your mm-hmm. life and of his involvement. I, I went to sleep last night just sad because coach isn't here. And hey, if anybody's listening to this and they know my husband's had cancer, I'm not being a total brat. I am so grateful for him still being here with <laughs> me. No one can replace Evan. But yeah. coach, our dog, was our companion in that season yeah. too. So we feel his absence. And you know what? Honestly, Erin, I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt like God was nudging me to view this hole in my life and this really can apply to any hole in our life. Elisa, can you view this hole in your life as a an opportunity to mm-hmm. fast from that thing that used to be in your life in such a way that you can experience your longing for me? Mm-hmm. And that's what fasting really is. It, it's not just, I'm going to deny myself, you know, and be godly. It really is, it, as I understand it. One of the the greatest benefits of fasting is that we experience lack. We're hungry. We're thirsty. Mm. We're scared. We're lonely. We have a hole Mm. in our heart for the thing that we don't have. And that hole in our heart is something God wants us to long for him as much as for that other thing. And that that hunger, that thirst, that desire Mm. can remind us of how much we need him. And so when we're in these griefs, whether it's Bernice or Coach or Wilson or whoever, you know, your kitty cat, mine was named Velvet. Mm. We had another one named Michelangelo, but we found out he was a she, so we named her (laughs) Michelangela. Anyway, (laughs) all these these precious pets. (laughs) When when we are grieving them, you know, maybe that hole in our hearts can remind us of, of how much God wants us Mm. to long after him. Mm. Pets are wonderful and they mean the world to us. When we lose them, it can be one of the hardest things we go through. But God is still with us. Yes, Elisa, that's so true. 
Well, before we close out today's episode of God Hears Her, we want to remind you that the show notes are available in the podcast description. And there are also links to connect with Elisa and me on social. You can find these links when you visit our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, God hears you. He sees you and he loves you because you are his. Today's episode was engineered by Gabrielle Ballard and produced by Mary Jo Clark, Daniel Ryan Day, and Jade Gustafson. We also want to recognize Diana and Mary for all of their help and support. Thanks, everyone. God Hears Her is a production of Our Daily.